Welcome to Red River Cares. I'm your host, Gina Burke, and I've been working at Red River, an amazing IT company, for over a decade. And even though we are a very successful for-profit company, our philanthropic endeavors is what makes us so special. We wanted to start this podcast as a platform to tell you what we're all about, who we like to support, and to inspire you to want to make a difference in your community. My guest today is Lacey Bird. She is the Community Outreach Coordinator for SJRC Texas. I had the privilege of getting to know Lacey as we prepared for a company-wide Community Service Day back in January. Lacey has such a passion for what they do, and I can't wait to hear directly from her how things have been going since we left. Tune in to get inspired. All right. Well, Lacey, I'm so happy to have you here on Red River Cares podcast. This is our second ever episode, and I just had to bring you on. Um, In the first episode, Kim and I talked about our amazing company-wide community service event, that took place pre-COVID when groups could get together. Um, And we went to SJRC Texas and did a day of community service at your organization. And we got to meet each other and spend so much time together at Home Depot um, and preparing for that big event. And I enjoyed meeting you so much and, you know, spending all those hours together. So anyway, I'm so happy to be talking to you today. So welcome to the show. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I think we need to start at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about your role at SJRC Texas, what you guys do, and who you like to support. Okay. Uh, My name is Lacey Bird. I'm the Community Outreach Coordinator at SJRC Texas. Um, We are a nonprofit organization that helps um, youth in foster care. Um, We are licensed for 0 to 21 years old, but we do focus more on teens we do actually have three programs. We have our general residential in Bulverde, where we have five homes, and we can hold up to 45 youth. In New Braunfels, we have our pregnant and parenting teen program and survivors of sex trafficking, um, as well as our CPA, our child placing agency, where we actually foster, uh, license foster homes and put children in those homes. And since January. And since y'all being there, we did start a fourth program called PAT, which is parents as teachers, where if CPS is called, we can go and they need to work services. We can go into the home and try to educate that parent and get them on the right track to raising their children because sometimes they just don't know. So as long as we go in and we try to educate them so they can keep their children and we don't have to put more kids in foster homes or on our facilities. In that answer you talked you mentioned a little bit about sex trafficking and I know that that was something that I didn't know much about when I first met you um, and that was something that piqued my interest I mean I know that that is something that happens very often in the United States but yet I feel like I don't know anything about it so I guess I'm wondering can you tell us a little bit more about sex trafficking what what happens and who it happens to and how it impacts the kids that live there well, yes. Um, I think that that's how a lot of people view it is they, they really don't know much about it. And they sometimes they know it happens, but they don't think it's where they are. And unfortunately, that's wrong. It happens everywhere. Um, and it can be anybody. And in 2019, we served 28 individual youth that have been trafficked by an adult. And that's in our area. That is our surrounding areas. And 25 of those individual youth 
who scored clear concern uh, of being trafficked on the CSEIT, which is Child Sexual Exploitation Identification Tool. Um, we continue to grow these services as we have began to provide services to male and non-pregnant or parenting youth in our Bolverde campus as well, because even though they're being sex trafficked, it doesn't mean that they have children or are pregnant because that's where we started. So we need to help all of those youth and that's where we're trying to do. So SJRC works to rehabilitate youth and young mothers and youth who have suffered abuse at the hands of their traffickers. We do this prominently by creating safe spaces, predictable environments, safe nurturing relationships, and setting clear expectations. These youth learn to understand what healthy people act like and how to establish boundaries. Many times this rehabilitation comes in the form of cycle where the youth may run away and then come back. Progress isn't linear and our therapeutic framework is developed with this understanding. That makes sense. Um, so how, I guess, do these kids that were victims of sex trafficking like get to you? Like, How do they end up at SJRC and where you can be teaching them what a healthy relationship now looks like? Well, a lot of times they're picked up by the police or, you know, they go to the doctor and they find out that they don't have a home. And so then they are put into the system and they, they look for where beds are. And we are one of those places and hopefully they can come to us because unfortunately they all go into kids and CPS. It's a database um, where these children are looking for a home. And if we have an open bed, we're more than happy to take a youth and work with them from that point. It's incredible what you guys do. So are there, re, like, are the t teachers or the staff on site, you know, are there counselors right at SJRC? Like, where do these kids get the nurturing care that they need? Um, we have staff 24-7. Uh, we have staff during the day, in the morning, overnight, all awake, just making sure that the kids feel safe. We have counselors that come on campus and provide those services. We have classes on site as well. Um, so that way we have parenting classes and they can talk about with trauma through with their counselors and there's childcare on campus as well if they have a child. So that way they are going to school, but they are also, their child is also being watched in a safe environment as well. And that is on campus. And our, we have a school on campus as well. We've This is our second year that is um, UT charter schools. And so that's been going really well. We actually had two um, teen moms graduate and both move out and doing very successful with the, their children. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, part of the projects we did were, you know, helping, you know, with the flooring and perk up the school um, where the kids go. And then, you know, we did do some work in that daycare at the other facility um, where we did some projects there. And I'm sure we'll get into more of the projects that we did when we were on campus in January. Um, but I did find it so amazing the resources that you provide to the students that live there, um, the fact that they can get an education, that if they are a pregnant or parenting mom, you know, their kid has a safe place to go for daycare. Um, I mean, really, you've just 
made it so easy for them to get the help that they need and to recover. So I guess I'm wondering, tell me about success, right? Like what does success look like? What is your goal at SJRC for the kids that live there? Um, What's the future look like for them? Well, what we want to do is set them up for success. And that looks like getting them in there and getting them to open up about themselves to their counselors and teach them how it is to be an adult and how to wash your clothes, how to cook a meal, how to clean a house. You can't just live there and do these things. Um, And as for the moms, you know, this is how if your baby's crying, you know, if this isn't working, this is what we can do and teaching them how to self-care for themselves so they are able to take care of their children and not to have a short fuse. But overall, we want to get them that education, show them how daycares work, get them prepared for the future. Let's get them a bank account. Let's teach them how to use a debit card. Let's teach them how to grocery shop. So when they do graduate and they do decide to leave, they're set up and they're educated. They have saved money because they don't pay for any of this. And they, we, they, we also allow them to get a job so they can go and get a job, save all of that money. So when it is time to leave, they have a good chunk of change to live off of while they are transitioning into their home with their child or by themselves or going to college, because that's our hope is they all go to college. And I will say that this year we had four through all of our programs are like in college right now and actually had one uh, we just dropped off Monday to the University of Houston. It's so amazing. Um, I love following you guys on social media because I do like to see those posts and see what you've got going on. And it's always just so awesome, um, the stuff that you're doing for these kids. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the funding because you bring up a good point. Um, how, How is SJRC Texas funded then and who is paying if these kids aren't? How do you get your funding so you can run these amazing programs for the kids? Well, SJRC Texas is 50% funded by the state and the other 50%, me and my coworkers, that we're a team of four, have to raise the other $1.5 million just to keep our lights on. So anything extra, um, like if the kids need socks or sports equipment or things for the pool or summer clothes, winter clothes, me and my team go out and we fundraise and we ask the community and people to help, to help raise these children and to help give them the things that all kids deserve. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why Red River, when we were looking into different community service project options, when we were in Texas, this is one of the things that caught our eye about SJRC Texas. Um, One, the work you're doing is incredible and we wanted to be a part of that, but it was also like, they're they're underfunded like they're not getting enough funding that they need so organizations like us that can come in and do giant renovation projects or donate a bunch of things that you you need um need areas tell me a little bit about what it was like when kim originally reached out to you and told you what we were trying to do and um how that whole relationship got built well um hearing from kim And setting up that first meeting, I honestly couldn't believe it. I don't think I really understood the 
how big this really was. Um, and that was my first year in the position and, you know, taking on this project, um, cause we'd had projects before and things like that. And everybody's like, you, you know, you have it. And I don't think anybody in the organization realized how huge this was going to be, but Kim and I really hit it off. And I, I loved all of our meetings and then Gina, you coming and Gabe and just building this friendship over a year. And y'all asked me, what, what's your dream? And no one had ever asked me or anybody that before. Like, what do you want for these kids? And y'all, y'all made that happen. Everything that we wanted to offer these children was put in place that day. And it was just beyond what I expected, how kind and how generous everybody was, how we came to, how y'all all came together and y'all just teamed up with us. We felt like we just made a big group of friends. It's there's, I kid you not, every week Red River comes up, whether we want another shirt or, oh my God, or, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe they did this. Or somebody's like, that's so beautiful. And we're like, yes, Red River did that for us. They're great. So it's, it's just things, everything that was brought to that campus for those children has been utilized by, by those children and new children come in every day and cannot believe we have some of these things that were put in place. So it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. It was really awesome. Yeah, I was getting chills when you were talking because it really was. I think for us, Lacey, I mean, we had worked on it, like you said, for about a year, right? And we do all this planning and we were at both of their locate, you know, both of your locations. We had 40 individual projects we were going to do. You know, there's these massive groups assigned to these projects and it was all stuff that you needed or wanted, right? It was this, like you said, this wish list of things that it's like, this would make our staff's life so much easier. Our kids need a place where they can go and relax if they are having a moment and they need some chill time and a a safe place to meet with their counselor. You know, what could that look like? Or some of these kids are pissed and want to punch a punching bag. What can you do for us? You know, and we talked about all these different ideas and projects and these dreams that you had for your campus and, you know, we put those to projects and we started to buy the items that we needed to make these things happen. And I know the day that we actually did the community service and I was looking around and I could see hundreds of people hustling and working together and making it all come to reality. I mean, I was blown away. Like I had never seen it from that lens. And it was, it was amazing. Um, you know, we were there late, but everything was done. It it was amazing just to see hundreds of people working. And it it was just an awesome experience. I mean, one thing, just getting to know your organization a little bit. I mean, when we found out like there was like two maintenance guys, right, for like the whole place, two campuses, it was like, oh my God, what can we do? A lot of our projects were around that. Like, what can we do to help? How can we fix whatever needs fixing? Or these projects that you'll just never get to because they're taking care of the day-to-day stuff. So for us, um, a lot of the projects that we did back in January were around that, right? Like, yeah, there's one or two maintenance guys that are trying to fix all the things. Um, We didn't even talk about how 
these projects have impacted our daily lives um, and what y'all did and how y'all did it and where we are now because y'all put a wall in our warehouse that was completely hot. I don't know if y'all, it's the highest it's been here is 108 and this warehouse didn't have AC. And now we have a wall with three offices with air conditioning. So our maintenance, our two maintenance people can actually work out there and not pass out. So they actually, we actually have more office space thanks to you guys. We actually have more storage because y'all put three sheds out there. We have a chill area for our kids to go hang out when they're upset. If, you know, sometimes people get upset and they need to hit something. And now we have punching bags at every house. Our teens at our teen house have a Zen zone with beautiful paints around it. So it's not dull. It's bright and happy and makes them feel good. Well, thank you. Thank you for bringing up those projects. Um, I almost, I think I blacked out at what we actually did. Uh, I forgot about the warehouse and the wall and that whole, yeah, like we're going to build a wall in this gigantic open warehouse. Like don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll figure it out. So Lacey, I was hoping you could tell me how can the community around SJRC Texas help your organization? There are so many things that the community can do, and we have a lot of information on how to give back on our website at www.sjrctexas.org. We also do have a lot of info on our Instagram and Facebook. So Instagram is sjrctexas, and it's the same for Facebook. So sjrctexas will get you where you need to go and get you all the info you need. You know, before I let you go, I guess I'm wondering, Lacey, how do you like to positively transform your community? The way I like to positively transform my community is to get out there and show people love and compassion. Just because I feel during these times or as I grew up that most people don't show that to each other. And I think that's sad. So if I can go out and I can smile and make somebody's day and make them smile back and then also put in there of what I do and why I love it and why I work there, that that's what I want to do. I just, I just want to put a smile on somebody's face. And if I can offer somebody that little bit of happiness in a day, I think that's great. That is awesome. I mean, getting to know you a little bit and seeing you on campus um, with the kids that live there, I mean, they light up when you show up. I mean, you are like Santa Claus for those kids. Um, it's just like they know that they're going to get love and support and compassion and all the things from you and you're doing everything you can to fundraise and give them what they need so they can be successful you know, loving, happy adults, um, and you're doing all the things. So I just want to thank you so much for everything you do for your community and um, for being here on the podcast today. And and again, I just want to thank you, Lacey. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks, Gina. I appreciate you having me on the show. And Red River is SJRC Texas favorite. So thank you guys <laughs> and come visit us. Before we close today's show, I just want to remind you to visit sjrctexas.org if you want to volunteer, get involved, or donate. 
to Lacey and her organization. And while you're at it, why don't you check out RedRiverCharitableFoundation.com to see what we have going on. You can follow both our organizations on Facebook and Instagram, and those handles can be found on our website. Till next time, tune in to Get Inspired.